Our gospel lesson today is, surprise, Mark 9, 2 through 9, and you can find it on page 1567 in your pew Bible. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him. Oh yeah, stand. <laughs> Start over. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. You may be seated. Today we continue our four-part series titled, Come Home. God calling us to return to God. Our focus on today is the real Jesus Christ. Three disciples are taken to a mountain where Jesus' external appearance is changed, manifesting great brightness. Moses and Elijah appear and have a conversation with Jesus. Peter suggests that that three booths or tents be built, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. From a cloud, a voice speaks, identifying Jesus as God's son and demands obedience to him. And then the story ends with Jesus being alone with the disciples. Oh, such a familiar story. It is no accident that this story takes place on a mountain, Mount Tabor. The mountain generally represents the boundary and meeting place between earth and heaven. The mountain of transfiguration is the holy mountain of divine human encounter. And let me pause for just a moment to define this term that has now come up, and that is this term transfiguration. In the life of the United Methodist Church, today is Transfiguration Sunday. And it means, in essence, a change in looks or appearance. And so we focus on the change of Jesus' looks, of Jesus' appearance. Jesus changed from an ordinary-looking man into someone with shining clothes like an angel. It was as if a light began to shine brightly inside Jesus, his face and body and even his clothes began to shine brightly. Yes, this mountain of transfiguration is the mountain of divine and human encounter. Moses and Elijah, again, representing the law and the prophets, although in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 18, Moses is also identified as a prophet. These two have a conversation 
with Jesus Christ. I don't know what they were talking about. I don't know. You don't know. But the question for us today is this. What can we glean from this very familiar text, we 21st century disciples of Jesus Christ? First of all, I would suggest to you how important it is for us to recognize who Jesus Christ really is. Peter calls Jesus rabbi, and truly he was a teacher. But, oh, beloved, Jesus is more than that. Jesus is the full manifestation of God. Listen to their scriptures, and we find in this text where Jesus is identified as the supremacy of the Son of God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Jesus Christ is the supremacy of God. That's the first thing. Recognize who he is. I don't know about you, but I'm discovering that there are some imposters walking around who are claiming to be the true Savior, the true Jesus. And the reality is that the real Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. The second thing that we can glean from this text is it's important to listen to what Jesus has to say. So here's the question. Why don't we listen? Is it that we are afraid of what Jesus will say to us about ourselves? You know, that part of us that we want to hide from ourselves and also from God, so we just choose not to listen? It could be that we're more focused on what others are saying, all of the chatter that's taking place, and we miss what Jesus Christ wants to reveal to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6, Paul is talking to, to the church at Corinth, and he's talking about people who are unwilling to hear the truth about Jesus Christ because there's a veil covering them. They're busy looking and listening to others. It's a blindness that they have to their receiving the truth about Jesus Christ. Earlier, you discover in that particular chapter that he's, he's calling out people who are going around who are more concerned about puffing themselves up and how important they are than they are about preaching the true Jesus Christ. What prevents us from listening? Is it that we prefer to talk more than to listen? Think about your prayer life. I'm thinking about mine. Who's talking more, you or God? Who's listening more, you or God? Yes, we prefer to talk than to listen. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7b, we are reminded there is to be a time to be silent 
and a time to speak. As we look at this text and as we ask the question, what can we glean from this text? The third thing that we can glean is we're called to trust Jesus Christ. Not Jesus Christ and, but we're called to trust Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this question. Is there an area of your life whereby you're still holding on to it and you're finding it very difficult to let go and trust Jesus? Does it have to do with a family situation? Does it have to do with relationships? Does it have to do with interactions with neighbors or coworkers? What is difficult for you to trust Jesus for it, to let go, let go? And to trust him especially when you don't know what's going to happen next. We love to try to figure out the next step. But for those of us who've been on this journey called discipleship, we are discovering that we don't always know what the next step is. That's why we're reminded in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that we walk by faith, not by sight. So yes, it's, it's important to, to recognize who this Jesus Christ truly is the one who does have all power, the one who we're called to listen to, and the one that we're called to trust. Now, what's really fascinating, and I know when you read this text, you saw it, it's, it's, to me it's fascinating, that after God speaks from heaven and says, this is my beloved son, you listen to him. As Jesus and his Three disciples go down the mountain. The first thing Jesus says to them is, be quiet. Verse 9. Be quiet. Shh. Hush. Wow. You see, in order to listen to Jesus, we need to trust that Jesus knows what's best for us. Amen? Amen. So when Jesus says, speak, we're going to speak. Because Jesus understands the context in which we find ourselves, and he knows that others need to hear what we need to say. And when Jesus says, be quiet, we need to be quiet. Even within all of our being, we still want to tell people. When Jesus says to be quiet, we're called to be quiet. And when you look at verse 9, it says, Jesus told them, be quiet. Don't share what you have seen until after. I have died and been resurrected. Sometimes Jesus calls us to be quiet because of all that is going on around us, and he's waiting for the opportune time for us to speak. One may ask this question, so God says, listen to him, obey him. There's a question that comes up in my mind as I bring um, 
closer to this message, and, and that's the question. So what will people hear from Jesus and about Jesus that God wants us to listen to? I think the first thing is that there, there is or there are no exclusive groups in Jesus Christ's church. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 and 28 state, For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Turn around and say to your brother and sister, you belong to me. Yeah, you'll have to turn your heads to do that. The second, that was so difficult, I know. It was like, what? The second thing that I think we need to hear from Jesus and through Jesus' messengers is that God loves them. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, I want you to hear it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Where are the condemners? They're not followers of Jesus Christ. But to save the world through him. And then I think there is one other message. Bless you, holy God. That Jesus would want us to hear on this day. I want to take you, there are two other messages. One is found in Romans chapter, 30, Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, I don't know what you're going through today, but please hear this. Or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Here's the key, beginning with verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. I don't care who they are or what they say about you they will not be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And finally, and finally, I think Jesus, the real Jesus Christ, wants us to remember that no matter what life presents us with, Jesus Christ will be with us until the end of the times. You remember this familiar scripture that's found in Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. And yes, some doubted. But then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven, on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
verse 20. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Repeat after me. Surely, surely. Lord, Lord, you are with me, you are with me. Always, always to the very end. Of the, of the age. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O oh Lord, for being the highest revelation of the awesome living God. We thank you that you are fully human and fully divine. We thank you that you have all power. And we thank you that you love us with the love that is incomprehensible. Thank you for your promise that you will be with us always, no matter what life brings into our respective lives. Help us to recognize you. Help us to listen to you. And help us to trust you no matter what. In your name we pray, amen.